0: And, uh, so I already got two votes for, uh, ten minutes or less, and, uh, one said, uh, certainly not as long as Wednesday. So, I will try to meet your demands tonight. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it will be too long. Um, uh, but, uh, why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't we open in prayer, and we'll ask the Lord to bless. Father, we thank you that we can gather in your house again around your book, uh, your word, and... I hope people come here not to hear Brother Sean. I want them to hear you. And I just pray, Lord, Father, that uh, they pay attention to the message tonight. I pray that it be a a help um, to myself as it is and to anyone here. I pray, Lord, Father, that uh, you help us to set ourselves aside and um, pay attention to the Word and, and apply it, Lord. Boy, it's one thing to hear your Word, but if we're not applying it, it's like, why are we even listening? But anyway, help us to apply it and, and, and put it into pra- practice in our lives, Lord. And for those that don't know you as Savior, Lord, there might be someone here um, that hasn't called on you. I pray that they hear some truth tonight that would stir their hearts to want to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We just praise you and we thank you now in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, this, uh, when Mitch was preaching Wednesday, I was like, Oh no, uh, he's already preaching my message. I, well, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. So I was praying about it. I was like, after you finished, I, I think we'll be okay. And so, anyway, this is almost practically part two, Mitch, uh, of your message. But, um, so, for those in uh, APD world, cop world, whatever, um, DWIs, right? You know, driving while intoxicated. Well, I'm going to talk about uh, making decisions while impaired. D-W-I, Decisions While Impaired, right? let makes talk about decisions, how to make decisions, right? Um, and, and so I'm going to kind of, on that same vine of thought, similar, uh, give you some, Lord willing, some practical helps, at least I think so, at least to help me, on how to make decisions, right? Uh, and I want you to think of a word. We'll get to the verse here in Galatians 5, um, here in just a minute. We'll get to the verse. I want you to think of the word halt. H A L T S. Literally, halt, stop. And I added an S to it. And it stands for Are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed? Anytime that you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed, I want you to be cautious about making decisions in those moments. Now, We don't live in a perfect world. You are going to have to make decisions when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and stressed. I just want you to understand, be careful when you are hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed in the decisions you make. Alright, does that make sense? Halt. We're going to go through that. And uh, so I just want you to consider, you might be influenced by your hunger anger, loneliness, tiredness, or stress when you make those decisions. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 16. There's some familiar verses here. This is going to be our springboard, and then we'll look at each one of these words. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 16 says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Little side note, it doesn't say you won't ever deal with it again. Verse 16, this say I then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's not a one-time occurrence. You don't do that one time and then you're good forever. No, you have to constantly seek to walk in the Spirit of God. Now, let's look at our acronym. I told you it won't be too fast. Just bear with me. H, I told you, hunger. Did you know poor decisions can be made when you're hungry? Or in some cases, like in my case, sometimes I'm hangry, right? You know, sometimes I'm hangry. Uh, Consider Esau. Consider Esau who sold his birthright because of hunger. Let's turn there. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25. I know these are probably very familiar passages, but let's read them real quick. Um, uh, Brother Wright told me, you know, he still gets stuff out of the Word of God, and I hope I do when I'm his age. You know? I think he forgets everything, and that's why he still gets stuff out of the Word of God. I don't know. Genesis chapter 25, verse 29, says this, And Jacob sawed pottage, And Esau, that's his brother, came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he sware unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Wow, what a stupid decision, right? What was the motivating factor? All he could think about was food. And he just sold his birthright like it meant nothing to him. Uh, We pick on him a lot, right? Like, oh man, Esau, that was dumb. Well... You ever been hungry? Ever been real, real hungry? Uh, I'll, use, I'll pick on myself, maybe brother older. I find out he's hypoglycemic too. When you're hypoglycemic, well, you can do some stupid stuff. I'm telling you. You, you, you turn in like a drunkard. And your sugars, and you got the shakes, and you're kind of out of your mind. Anyway, I've been there. My, brother, my, my father-in-law says I get very selfish when I'm in that state I like to think I'm just an extreme prioritizer number one is food that's all I'm doing is prioritization you know you know just prioritization Um, funny story here I am I'm working for Sears uh, and I'm supposed to go to a repo, repo lot where they repo vans and stuff anyway and we're like three hours past lunch okay I don't have enough here to last three hours past lunch, okay? Lunch is is very needful for me. Anyway, we're beyond lunch, and, 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 and I'm trying to remove a whole cradle system out of the center column of the truck, okay? It's bolted down, there's wires everywhere, and I'm doing this, I am shaking. And the thought occurred to me, hmm, if I just cut these wires, boy, I am home free. I'm not talking one or two. I'm talking the whole wire harness. I grabbed my place, I cut through like this big of a wire harness, threw that thing in the truck, start snacking, yeah, oh, it felt so good. That cradle was never used again. Junk. I destroyed it. All because, feeding my hunger, right? I fed my hunger. Again, I'm cautioning you, when you make decisions, think about it. It seems so simple, you're like, how can we have a problem with it? Obviously, it's in the Word of God, we should think about it. Esau had a problem with it. It led him to sell his birthright, okay? Sean cut the cradle out of a whole van and made this part that's probably very expensive useless. Dumb. All because of hunger. I was certainly not led in the Spirit at that moment, right? We can laugh about it, but let's get serious about it. Are you ever motivated by this instead of the Spirit of God? Just be careful. Next. Next letter. A. Remember, we're spelling halt. Anger. Ooh, this is a big one. This is a big one for Brother Sean, too, sometimes. What happened to Moses? Turn over to Numbers chapter 20. Again, do you make decisions while you're impaired? What do I mean by that? When you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed, be careful. I'm not saying you can never avoid these. But you best be consideration of what's motivating you in that moment. Right? Let me see. You're going to beat me there. I better stop talking and start turning. Numbers 20. We know the story. You know where I'm going. Most of you have been in church. Numbers chapter 20. Let's read it. Starting in verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses, spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt, they're complaining, to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them there. Verse seven, this bear with me. And the Lord spake unto Moses, listen to what God told him to do. Take the rod, Moses, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and what? Speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth this water his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so shall so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Verse 9, And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and spoke to the rock. Nope. And with the rod, with his rod, he smoked. That means he hit it, the rock, twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank. And their beasts also. Mind you, Moses was probably frustrated with the children of Israel. They were making him mad. They were not obeying. He was getting irritated, right? And in his anger, he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. I have been there in my anger. I have done my fare of stupid, destructive stuff under anger. Uh, A a one that sticks out has stuck with me ever since the day I did this. As a young boy, I was 10, maybe 11 years old. Uh, I am not saved, but it's a good example to me of what anger can do. Um, I got mad at something. Don't even remember what the thing is, but I remember the destructive outcome. I got so mad, I picked up a wooden chair, a, a solid wooden chair, and just smashed it to pieces right before my eyes. It scared me so bad. I had no idea. I, I always viewed myself as just a puny guy, tiny. You know, I don't have that much strength. Destroyed my mom's chair. It scared me so bad. I went and talked to my mom. I said, Mom, I, I broke your chair because I was so mad. And that's when we first started talking about anger. I was talking to my mom. She said, we've got to work on this. You do not have to be that way. You've got to work on that. I said, yes, ma'am. You know, anyway. Um, classic point. You all can probably think of a time when anger overtook you and you certainly were not led by the Spirit at that moment, right? Again, decisions while impaired. Hunger can get you if you're not careful. Anger can get you if you're not careful. Easy, easy to think about. All right, what's our next letter? Lonely. Ooh, this is a big one too. Loneliness can be a huge motivator to make wrong decisions. Turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is primarily for adults. Um, It's very applicable to teens in right um, teaching circles and right circumstances to understand. Um, We have a responsibility, accountability to God. But 2 Samuel 11, see if I can get there. Yes, here we are. Um, let's read here in verse, verse 1. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David, this is King David, sent Joab, that King David didn't go to war, he sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, And I am with child. You know the rest of the outcome. Here was a man... ...and his loneliness. David should have been at war. We've heard it before. Idle time can be the devil's playground, they say. Um, This isn't just, well, that was King David. No, this is for you and I. It's in the Word of God. We need to respect this, understand. This could be us, but by the grace of God, there go I. Um, Idle time can be a very dangerous time. That loneliness, right? Uh, It's not just that decision, either... Uh, loneliness, can, you can uh, play with the emotions of others, right? Uh, marriage, uh, married couples, be in agreement about planned separations. Prayerfully consider those burdens uh, before you execute, because that is a denying of the flesh when you separate. If separate, have regular frequent phone, text, email, contact as a safety net, Right? Have planned maybe outings with friends and family while the sp- spouse is away. Uh, protect yourself. It's accountability. Those are some gee whiz life experience, stuff out of the Word of God uh, that, Lord willing, it resonates with you all. Again, decisions while impaired. We can never not make a decision outside of any of these things I'm talking about. But boy, we can sure at least understand okay, what's my motivation? in this decision I'm about to make? Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? And here's one. I struggle with all of them, but this one gets me a lot too. Uh, I am forever tired, right? Um, Some of that is my own decision. Some of that is uh, I have some sicknesses and diseases that cause me to be fatigued a lot. Let's look at a man. Uh, Turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to use this man as an example, but I take this man as he's in the will of God. But I'm going to use him by application to get you to understand that being tired can get you to a place where you might take yourself out of the will of God. I just want you to use it as an example. But Philippians chapter 2, and his name is insane. Um, But anyway, I'm going to try... Uh, Philippians chapter 2, if I get there. Mitch can probably say it right now. Um, Philippians 2, starting verse 25. It says here, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed... Still talking about Epaphroditus. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed, he was sick nigh unto death. So he's deathly sick. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Verse 30, Because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Now, in context, it sounds like he's doing exactly the will of God. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But I want you to understand, did you understand he is sick unto death because of the labor he output? Okay? I want you to consider, have you ever overworked yourself because of your own decisions to keep taking on? I just want you to think about it. It is possible to exhaust yourself and be in the will of God. That could be completely in the will of God. I'm not trying to say that. You do whatever God tells you to do. However, if we're taking on things God never intended us to take on, you could cause yourself to get sick and take yourself out of the fight. Pastor has preached here before, remember every open door is not of the Lord. If you're trying to do every ministry, maybe it is the will of God. I don't think so, though. I I think scripturally, if you read it, um, God calls certain people to do certain things. He doesn't want one person doing everything. Some people are experts at other things. He spreads it out, right? So, uh, all I'm saying is, sometimes, out of our own fatigue and tiredness, we may make a decision and cost the will of God. We may take on too much. I've been there. I've tried to do... I, I like serving. I like, I like to help people. Uh, at one time, I, I, I was a bus captain, and a Sunday school teacher, dean of the Bible college. Um, I preached in the prisons. And it seems like there was something else. Oh, I was going to school at the same time. Don't do that. That's insane. Way too much. Way too much. Right? Pray through those things. Right? Pray through these things and take on what you really feel the Lord's telling you to take on. Again. um, Also, a tidbit from my father-in-law. He taught me this. Sometimes, sleeping on a decision allows for better perspective the next day. When I was doing all that busyness and craziness, I was burning the midnight hour lamps, you know, what I would try to do My mode of operation was this. I would just stay up as late as I could and then crash to get as much as I could done, get done and then wake up early. My father-in-law said, how about this? If you're only getting five hours, six hours, seven hours of sleep, shift that five or six, seven hours. Go to bed at 10. Go to bed at 11. Wake up seven hours and then start it. Once I did that, oh man, it's world difference. World difference. Same amount of sleep. Whether I was going to bed later or going to bed sooner, it's got the same amount of hours I just shifted it. Why? It refreshed me. I was much more fresh than when I woke up and I could hit whatever I needed to get done for the day. I know there's some moms out here that are like, you don't know my life. I try to understand it. I know you get, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. Operating under tiredness can be very hard. Just, I'm not saying you'll ever avoid it. But mindful, when you make a decision, is it based on how tired you are? You know, maybe you've got a child before you that needs discipline. Oh, I'm just so tired. And you miss the one moment you had to discipline on that very thing that they're struggling with. Just a thought. Be very careful when you make decisions when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And the last one is just to catch all Stressed. I don't know anyone in here that ain't stressed. We all have stress. We all have stress, right? We've all made decisions when we're under stress. Um, I could have picked anyone. Uh, This one came to mind. I thought of Jephthah. I thought of Jephthah. Turn over to Judges chapter 11. We're on our last one. We're almost done. Uh, Judges chapter 11. Again, you will not be able to avoid all these emotional responses these physical needs of yours you you won't I just want you to consider that if you're not careful you'll make a decision based on your flesh instead of the spirit of God Judges chapter 11 I'm not going to get in the argument you know did she die was she burned up I'm not getting that argument I'm just getting into he made a vow Let's look at Judges chapter 11, verse 29. It says this here. Uh, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead, and Manasseh... Oh, excuse me. And Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord, and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands... Then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands, and he smote them from Aror, even till thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. God kept his promise. Verse 34, And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and, and she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her, read this, does it sound happy when she came out the doors? And he rent his clothes and said, I lost My daughter. Thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. It doesn't sound like he was happy about his vow at that moment, was he? Of all the things he could have picked, how about the dog or the cat you didn't like? Say, I'll give him that. But no, he chooses his daughter, right? Whether he's in the will of God, whatever, obviously it sounds like he regretted that decision. Okay? He's got war. He's got an enemy coming to attack. It's his job to defend the nation. He's got a lot on his plate, right? No doubt he's feeling stressed. God, I need help. Before you go vow, vow, flippantly, boy, you better consider the full magnitude of what could happen. I would advise you don't even make the vow if you're not willing, if you're not fully considering the impact that could occur. Again, if you're like me, I think the devil is hard at work to keep you and I, Christians, so busy with day-to-day stuff that we just make flippant decisions sometimes. Sometimes. Out of stress. Um, if you're in Korea, uh, it's poly, poly, poly. It means hurry, hurry, hurry. Right? Go, 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 go. We got to go, go, do this. We're running, to run and shoot. throw. That in the. And it's just constant. I've never seen people move so fast as when I was stationed in Korea. Um, when I got over there, kids, young kids were doing this. I'm like, what in the world are they doing? Okay. Mind you, I'm a little naive. I didn't even know they had cell phones. I didn't even know what they were, okay? I knew the technology existed. Okay, they were leap years ahead of us. They were already texting when I was over there in Korea. We didn't even have them yet. And little kids were just, they're like, oh, they're playing their computer games and they're talking to their friends. I was like, this is crazy. Polly, poly, poly. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Right? These are great tools. They are. But let's keep them in the right place. They're tools. Um... Uh, Oh, there's an app for that. We can, add more, we, can, we can shave time off this, so I spend more time on this, and I get nowhere. <laughs> right? I'm making fun of it. Let's be careful. Under stressful conditions, you can end up making a poor decision that could cost you. Again, I'm talking about decisions while impaired. I've done all of these... and made poor decisions under all of them... while I was hungry... while I was angry... while I was lonely... while I was tired... right... while I was stressed... again... if we wait for perfect conditions... to make a decision... we will never make a decision... it won't happen... there is no perfect condition... to make a decision... I'm just... I'm cautioning you tonight... think about these things... that can influence you... in a negative way... If we don't consider them, it could impact us emotionally and physically. Uh, uh, those decisions could hurt us. Um, think about it this way: when you stand before the Lord, what are you going to stand before the Lord with? You're going to are you, are you going to stand before Him with a huge list of regretful decisions you made? Maybe maybe you've made some poor decisions like me. Maybe you've Regretted some things. And you can't go back. I want to remind you that you're here tonight. You still have breath. If you're listening on live stream or radio, you still have breath. God's not done with you yet. Until you take that last breath, there's still time. You can't change the past, but boy, you could uh, change how you behave and respond this time going forward, right? Uh, let's remember the power and the grace not only to save you. Christians, we, we're, we get that down. We're like, yep, I'm saved. And it's like we forget he has no more power now. He can't help me at all with all my problems. Nope, he only got the power to save. That's it. No, he has the power to help you through each and every day, every decision that you're ever going to make. I want to encourage you. That God's not done with you yet. Let's, let's, let's take steps to walk in that spirit as, as Galatians wants us to, as Galatians talks about. Why don't you come to this altar tonight when, 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 the, when the call is made. Do some business with God. If you've got some regrets that you haven't confessed yet, get them right with God. If if you've got some things that have been bothering you, even though uh, they're, they're years past, give that to God. Or, or maybe... It's just a reminder tonight. Oh, man, I've got to be careful. Um, I've got to be very careful. We do. We, re, remember, halt when you're about to make a decision. It'll help kind of like a litmus test to see where your motivation is. Okay, is this God telling me to do this? Or is this, uh, in Sean's case, his stomach, saying, cut that wire harness? God didn't tell me, cut that wire harness. <laughs> I destroyed that thing. God didn't want me to destroy that thing. Um, if you're not careful, when you're in the moment... You will let that hunger, that anger, that loneliness, that tired, that stress feeling overtake you. If you're not careful, you'll become uh, like the madman of Gadera, and, 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 and like Mitch said, sometimes we're like, "Well, we got to put chains on him. Let's use man's wisdom to physically restrain him." Didn't work. He busted the chains. That was a spirit problem. He needed Christ. We need to live by the Spirit of God. Maybe, maybe you've all made, uh, you've made decisions in your life trusting in yourself because you don't even know God. You don't even know the Lord. Well, I implore you. Tonight, I'm telling you, God, the God of this book, He loves you. He wants you to know Him and His Son. He wants you to be saved. He wants to help you make right decisions in your life. He wants you to start a relationship with Him, Jesus Christ. And you do that by repenting of yourself, repenting of sin and turning Him, saying, Lord, I believe you are the God-man. The God-man that this book said came down and died for me. I believe you did the finished work on the cross for me. That's where that relationship starts. And we're done with it. I'm going to ask Brother Jordan to come up and close the service. Um, I am not good at closing, so I always turn it over. But thank you all for your time. Great
1: reminders. Halt. Um, I think we've all been there. Um, some of us done all of them. I'm sure. I know I have. Um, but the uh, Lord's worked on your heart. I uh, definitely encourage you to come forward. Uh, some good reminders to... You know, slow down and, you know, make sure you're thinking through these decisions. But if we would, we'd have every head bowed, every eye closed as we go into time of invitation. Invitation. You know, he was talking about these decisions while impaired. And uh, uh, definitely a good reminder for us to you know, slow down and uh, seek the Lord's help. But, you know, you might be here tonight and, you know, you don't have the Lord to help you. You know, you don't know uh, what it takes to be saved. You don't know where your home will be when you, uh, when you die. Uh, the Bible tells us that it's appointed unto man once to die. You know what? After that, it's, uh, the Bible tells us, uh, you know, judgment's going to come. Hebrews 9.27 tells us. And uh, just like if I was to face a judge here, he's going to pull out the law and show me where I broke the law. And that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to stand before God when we die. And He's going to judge us from His law. And His law is perfect. His law requires perfection. And we're going to be judged out of that. And every single one of us would be found guilty. Or will be found guilty. And the Bible tells us that punishment is uh, eternal damnation in hell. In the lake of fire, specifically. That if we're found guilty, that's where we're going. But you know what? God loved us so much. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ in the flesh, God in, God in the flesh, to be that substitution for us. Second Corinthians 5.21 tells us that. That He took His righteousness, His perfection, everything about Him, and would put it on us. And He would take our sins upon Himself and He would die on that cross for us. And that all we would have to do is just come to Him by faith and repentance, acknowledge that we're a sinner, that we deserve that judgment and that uh, hell should be our place. You know, He loved us and He does not want that for us. So maybe you're here tonight, you know, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, I don't know where I would go if I was to die tonight. You know, that's the best decision you can make. You know, Sean was preaching about decisions while impaired. You need to make that decision. You need to accept Christ as Savior. You know, if you're here tonight and you don't know for sure that heaven's your home, would you just simply raise your hand? Let me pray for you. No one's looking around. Eyes are closed. Heads are bowed. I see some little children. We'll definitely pray for them. I didn't see any other hands. All right. Christian, if the Lord worked on your heart tonight, why don't you come forward and uh, talk to him. Um, Some good reminders. good to slow down and just uh, remember those reminders when uh, decisions come our way. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we just pray that you have your will and way in this invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, if you all will stand, turn to song 509, Take Thy Time to Be Holy.